0: All right, we are back after a wild week one in the NFL. Welcome back to the Catch the Blitz show. I'm Thomas Parkenek, joined by Christian Katanachi. Cat. The long anticipated week one. We waited months for this. How was it? How you doing, man? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs>
1: I waited eight. I waited eight months for my team to season to be over. I waited eight months for six of my five of my six survivor entries to be done. Um, but hey, at least I could enjoy some, some crazy games. Uh, I, I, for one, thought that that was at least in recent memory, one of the craziest week ones we've had. Uh, there was, oh, we have a lot to, we have a lot to get over and, um, just like from upsets to, um, I mean injury for me but like it it felt like so much went on in like such a short period of time which was like a complete shift because we went through months where it felt like nothing was going on obviously it's the off season first week one everyone's hyped up but I do really believe that it's not an overreaction to say that that was probably one of the craziest week ones we've ever had
0: it was crazy and not just you know how some of the games went but how like you know, how they ended. Yes. There, were so, there were overtimes. There were almost two ties. There were missed field goals. Last night, Monday Night Football was crazy. Um, at the same time, maybe it's just because I've come to expect this with the NFL, there weren't many games that were really like, oh, wow, that outcome really surprised me. Week one is a weird week. There's yeah. always these, uh, you know, these, these sort of crazy outcomes that happen. Like the Falcons nearly beating the Saints. Really didn't surprise me that much. I no. don't know if I'm in the in the minority there. No. Even last night, as as crazy as it was, Seattle beating Russell Wilson maybe wasn't the craziest thing in the world. No. But that's why we love the NFL. And I guess maybe I've just come to expect the unexpected with the league. But uh you know, it, it was awesome. Football's finally back, and couldn't have really asked for a better way to kick things off.
1: Oh yeah, I and and I always like I felt like something was going to be fishy when I saw like. The home under there's so many home underdogs, yeah, exactly right, and that's like a recipe sort of for some for some disaster, and and b- we got exactly that. Like, we, when was the last time we had two games go that deep into overtime, or, or sorry, that we had one game go right right to the end, and then we had one that uh, obviously whatever, right? Well, like yeah, we both
0: games were the last last kick of the game.
1: Exactly, we could have had we we haven't seen sort of that grow right down to the wire, especially yeah. week one in, in, in a long, long time. And obviously one of them was the Steelers, and the Steelers were involved in a tie last year. So like it's it's like always... I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool um, cool to figure out. But I want to talk about that Monday night game yesterday. That yeah. was crazy. And I know you mentioned that you sort of could have seen it coming. I, I mean, I'm, I I would put myself in the boat as well. Um, but... Man, I was like, wow. And especially because of how, like, the, the all the antics. Like the, the Broncos were on the one-yard line twice. They fumbled twice. And then at the end of the game, you just paid your quarterback $50 million a, a, a year. And you take the ball out of his hands to attempt a 64-yard field goal, which... NFL kickers of all time, all time are
0: seven for 36 from beyond 60 yards. And McManus has never hit a 60 plus yard. Yeah. I saw his numbers, his field goals for his career. And he's, McManus is a good kicker. Yeah, he's a great kicker. And uh, with Denver kickers, a lot of times people are like, Oh, you know, he has that altitude. Yeah. But it's his numbers kicking are actually better on the road than they are at home. They said that on the broadcast last night. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, coaching an NFL game is, is easy. You know, I could have done better. And like, like who am I really to, to sit here and, and just tear into the, the decisions that Nathaniel Hackett made? And hey, it was his first game as an NFL coach. He's on the national stage. So many eyeballs watching him. Um, and in the end, it just didn't go the way he wanted it to go. And I'm sure he's going to look back and reflect on what went wrong, how he can change things. He's gotta improve with those spur of the moment decisions. It's hard. It's it's your first game in the NFL, and you're going up against Pete Carroll, who's probably a Hall of Fame coach, who's in his seventies, and who's been there and done that before, and he knows Russell Wilson in and out. Exactly. It was strictly that Seattle clearly had this game circled on their calendar for a long time. The the crowd was into it. They were letting Russ have it, which by the way, I think is Pretty ridiculous, but oh yeah! One day Very he'll get ridiculous. his. One day he'll get his flowers from the Seattle faithful, and I still do believe that. Um, but man, Seattle was hyped to play this game. Gino had them rolling early. What a great story he was! And in the end, it wasn't just that last drive from Nathaniel Hackett that was just completely mismanaged. It was all game. They couldn't oh, yeah. get the ball snapped on time. Seemed like forever. Uh, it was a two delayed yeah. games and the one, delay one drive. Games, it seemed like yeah. there was so much miscommunication at the line. Yeah. Russell Wilson just didn't seem fully comfortable in this Denver offense. And in the end, Nathaniel Hackett, the decision he was sort of forced to make, which he put himself in that position to begin with, with yeah. it, it was oh, yeah. just such a disaster of a game. He clearly made the wrong one, which many people would agree with me on that one. Um, and I think the nail in the coffin or... Like it was just kicking Broncos fans while they're down. Is the fact that he used the timeouts when the yeah. game was already over? Like, I, I didn't understand that. Did he think he had four timeouts? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just like that's that's like it was. It was almost something you'd see in a Madden game where the, the guy you're playing is just he's, being annoying. He, and yeah, and still he, calling the time. He exactly. thinks he still has a chance to win. And the NFL, every single time in that situation, players and coaches just run onto the field and shake hands. It's game over.
1: Yeah, and games done. I, I I didn't understand that either. I was so confused. I'm like, wait. I started thinking, I'm, like, I'm I'm doing math in my head. I'm like, wait, is it? Are they going to get the ball back? And then I'm like, no, like, what is what's going on here? It even confused me, and and um, definitely didn't understand that. The one thing that stuck stood out to me um, about Denver in general was, I mean, I I don't know. I, I feel like they used him quite a bit because he did end up having 11 catches. But I feel like, like, I understand Melvin Gordon's a very effective running back. I don't know. When I watch him, it feels like Javante Williams is just the superior back. Yeah. I feel like if you featured your offense around him, like he's gonna make plays. And I know, I know, he fumbled um, on the one yard line as well. I've re- Look, that was fumbles are gonna happen. To me, that it was, was a all, That was
0: all pre snap. They they weren't ready.
1: Yes, and it was a great play. The, the, Reed, um, Reed or, or Woods, 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 Woods. Al Woods made a fantastic play on the ball. Like a lot of running backs are gonna fumble that situation, just given. The circumstance, like you said, pre snap and then the play that the defensive lineman made. Look, just a matter of the circumstances there. But I was very impressed with what I saw from Javante Williams, even though they it felt like they split carries um, in terms of just running the football. I don't know. He just seems to always make plays. And, and I feel like it's in Denver's best interest going forward to sort of feature him a little more. I'm not saying completely get rid of Melvin Gordon, but maybe like a 70 30. 80 20 split i feel like if you run the ball a lot with javante williams and and that's when russ is good russ is very good off play action um and i thought russ was pretty solid last night uh he made a few plays where you're like okay that's old russ but then you know what i mean i I felt like that this offense still needs a little bit more time to gel that's why i'm not going to overreact too much about um the first loss because i do think it was more on the head coach than anything else um, but I think we need to give credit to Seattle.
0: Oh, yeah. What a story.
1: They were ready for that game. Yeah. Like you could, I like how you mentioned before how they had that game circled. You could, you could tell that they had that game circled. Like they could probably go one and 16, but they don't care. They won the Super Bowl right there. Right. And, and Geno Smith, incredible story. One of the best quotes you'll see all year after the game. Um, man, that was an exciting, exciting game. And I think for the NFL in general, that was the best outcome. I really do. I really, really do. I feel like just everything that goes into that game and and the emotion that came with it, I feel like Seattle winning in front of their crowd, the booing aside, I don't agree with that. I think it's sort of ridiculous, but I mean, that's just the emotions now. I I guarantee you look back at it. Everyone's going to sort of say, oh, what were we doing then? But look, the game was a game and, and Seattle coming on top is very, very, very exciting for the league.
0: Booing, like the first thing I thought of when I was bo- when I heard the booing, I saw the video of him running out, and it was loud, oh, like yeah. that, and obviously through the broadcast, yeah. Like Seattle's notorious; they've always had that loud crowd, especially when they were in their Super Bowl era a couple of years back. But like the amount of stuff Russell Wilson is not just not just what he did on the football field, what he did for that Seattle community was kind of like okay, like I, I it was really to me it was unexpected. But uh, I guess it really is indicative of just how ugly things got between you know Russ, Pete Carroll, the Seahawks organization. This was a long time coming. But hey, Russ is zero uh, one against his former team. Yeah. So if you're a Seahawks fan, like you got to be feeling on top right now. Like you said, especially you go into a season, it's low expectations. Oh, yeah. Right all away. offseason, you're memed about your quarterback situation. Pete Carroll says you might have two two QB1s, two QB1s. which is, is not something you want to hear. And obviously, it didn't really go over well in, in the NFL world. And Geno Smith comes out, and he just looked sensational. So efficient, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He played well. Seattle played well in general. And like I said, they had that game circled um, for oh, probably all off season, especially hearing all the stuff about Denver. Oh, Denver this, Denver that, Denver that. I'm sure... For Pete Carroll's ego, that was a big, big, big win. And you saw him on the sidelines. He was he on the when they were in the red zone. He was right in the five, like right there. I don't see any. I've never seen coaches just go right to the five yard line like that. It was amazing. It was good to watch. I'm incredibly happily happy that uh, Seattle won for the city for Geno Smith. Incredible story.
0: The one and oh Seahawks sit atop the NFC West. Who would have ever thought at any point in the season that we would be sitting here? The only team of the win. The only team of the win. Yeah, they're one and oh. And they're riding high right now, so you know if the playoffs ended today, which they really don't. C- Seattle's C- in. Seahawks C- 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 country. Smith, let's ride. Maybe Gino rides them <laughs> to to surprise wildcards. Who knows? Something we're going to monitor throughout the season. Um, but sticking with you know all the week one talk, I think we have to acknowledge this is our second episode of this season. If you missed the first episode, go check it out because now is the time where we can sit back reflect, yes. and absolutely clown ourselves because that episode has aged like spoiled milk. <laughs> Our takes, both you and I had very emphatic opinions on two players in particular, and it couldn't have been more of a disaster in week one. Your Panthers and Baker Mayfield in his revenge game that just didn't go as planned. Not a bad effort in the end, but the beginning of it was a disaster. And uh, I was... You know, puffing out my chest, talking about <laughs> Trey Lance for hours a couple weeks ago. And uh, he's 0-1, losing to the lowly Chicago Bears. What went wrong for us? Like, what a disaster. Yeah, the first I, episode. I was
1: I was so disappointed. I, I was watching. I watched that game. Like Pac said, for those that didn't watch the first episode, I suggest you go back and watch it. But I'll tell you right now, my team for this season was Cats Panthers. Not the Pink Panthers of the VTFL.
0: Cats, Panthers. You'd be better off with the VTFL team, to be honest.
1: <laughs> and I, I am a big Baker Mayfield guy. I still I am not stringed from my opinion, but that was a very, very disappointing game. And I think I underestimated the fact that Carolina maybe has the worst coach in the NFL. They might have maybe the second maybe the second worst. I'm gonna put my man Mike McCarthy maybe down there. But they it just felt like a from a from a coaching standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, it's like, like how didn't you have your team ready for? It? And I, I don't know. I felt Baker was ready for it. Maybe that's just because he was emotionally invested in this. He really, really wanted wanted that win, and you and you saw that when he rushed that ball into the end zone. He gave it a little throw right against the back rafters there. It, I didn't think he played particularly poor. He had a few mistakes, and but that's Baker. He's gonna make those mistakes. He's Sort of a gunslinging type quarterback. He's gonna throw picks, he's gonna to throw touchdowns. But I felt like the team as a whole just was not prepared for this. And and I felt like maybe they just overlooked the Browns because the whole Deshaun Watson stuff, like, oh, Jacoby Brissett, we can beat Jacoby Brissett. McCaffrey didn't do much, but I mean it look, if we're talking about my take, I stand in here and I said mortgage my parents' house. Thank God I didn't do that. Yeah, but yeah. I'd be homeless right now. Yeah. Right, and I I warned everyone not to
0: listen to you. So, <laughs>
1: so I, I once so, again have to be the hero here. Like, so so I'm. I thank God. Thank God I'm not homeless, um, because that would be very bad right now. Maybe I, I think I, I think I slept outside the studio today. Yeah, you were because about to. <laughs> right and and uh, maybe I have to maybe I have to bring my bed, put my bed back here after after I keep keep hammering keep, down yeah, on the Keep panthers. hammering
0: them down on the panthers. What a terrible idea that is. <laughs> At least my lions, you know, they covered the spread. So, one and all for my lions, I guess we're we're gonna count that as, as wins <laughs> for my lions. Yeah, it cover, is. They cover the spread. Cover the spread every week, and uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, the, the Panthers game, like obviously, I was so invested in my Dolphins at one o'clock, but I was checking in on the Panthers just because, again, I sort of wanted to see them win. Jacoby Brissett was probably the epitome of a Jacoby Brissett stat line, in, in what he did, less than two hundred yards. Just barely above 50% on the completion, one touchdown. But that Browns run game just reminded all of us that they're probably the best in the league. Oh, at yeah. Punch. A healthy Nick Chubb and a healthy Cream Hunt behind that O line. You're going to win games and you're going to be in games regardless if you have your starting quarterback or not. And they just gashed the Panthers all game long. Yeah. Nick Chubb had over 100 yards. Cream Hunt got in the end zone twice. That's a textbook Cleveland Browns game. That's what you have to do for 11 weeks until your quarterback comes back. Stay, you know, hover. Try to hover at 500 and then you maybe have a chance for the playoffs. The Panthers on the other end. We talked so much last week about how wide open the the wild card is. This is a game that you're going to look back on week 13. And if you're already, you know, two games behind, yeah. you're going to be kicking yourself that you lost that week one game because it was a winnable game. And oh, the yeah. Browns were there for the taking oh, yeah. without their quarterback. Baker was fired up and they just couldn't get it done. It was too little, too late. Not enough McCaffrey for my liking. I didn't... You gotta feature. give your
1: you gotta give your guys the ball and um, I don't think they gave them. Yeah,
0: DJ Moore, like it, it was just not getting yeah. your best players involved. So a little disappointing from the Panthers for me and very disappointing for you because you put your face behind this <laughs> massive Baker Mayfield. We posted it at like twelve o'clock, an hour before the game starts, you talking about how Baker Mayfield's gonna shock the world. Very quickly were you getting ripped on. Yeah, oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. I got that sent a couple of times by some of my buddies and and some some of you uh instagram demons you know who you are out there but um yeah i I mean hey look i'm not i'm not succumbing to my cat's panther steak i'm still riding it out maybe week four that changes but i need a team to cheer for now right and it's
0: true your 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 cowboys are pretty toast i think we're gonna get to them a little later in the show um i guess we'll we'll put me on blast for a little bit here talk about trey lance and, and the 49ers again i was i was deep in the dolphins game at that time but obviously a week ago I praised him. It's no surprise that I got a ton of fantasy stock in Trey Lance, so I did want to watch that game as well. Um, the weather played a big role, not to make not to be the excuse guy, but something does need to change there in in San Fran because like you lost to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Justin Fields was like eight of seventeen for fifty passing yards at one point, and the score was ten nothing. Yeah, you got to win that game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, blow that lead late against a young, inexperienced Bears team. You're not ready for the playoffs going forward. Yeah,
1: and I, look, that was my biggest concern with with the 49ers going into the season. It wasn't that I don't think Trey Lance has the talent to to sort of be a starting quarterback in this league. I think if he eventually will, you 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 see, you're going to have growing pains. That's that's why I felt like this season was going to be a, more about growing pains than than anything else. Like I felt like a lot of people were jumping the gun, like, Oh, the 49ers. I, I saw so many comments that, and, and, and takes in general that people are like, Oh, the 49ers are, how are the 49ers not going to be a 12 win team yeah. when they went to the Super Bowl on a game away from with Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm like, guys, Jimmy Garoppolo is an experienced veteran quarterback. Like it's, you can't just expect a young kid to come in. Who's played like 400 snaps of professional football in his life including college like and that's college not even pro football it wasn't even d1 right like you're asking a lot from from one guy and and it's a heavy projection just to put it on that one guy right away i do think he'll eventually look he's in the he's in a fantastic situation right yeah so it's only a matter of time until he's able to put everything together i just don't know if that season it's going to happen this season and you and you saw it first first hand week one yeah chicago bears i get it the rain it it's pouring. It, the playing conditions were crazy, but like if a team that's if a team was ready to go to the playoffs, they win that game, right? And I just don't know. Obviously, week seventeen is a long yeah, exactly. ways away. Like good
0: thing it's week one because maybe exactly. by week seventeen, week eighteen, they are ready to, go to exactly. The playoffs and they have taking that step exactly. And to be fair, in my take, I did say maybe there are going to be some you know some growing pains. It's yeah. going to take some time yes. for yes. him to get to the level where I think he can be at. Yeah. So by no means am I... Selling my my stock. We all know how long I like to hold on to my takes. And, and i has got diamond I'll, hands. I'll go down crashing and burning with them sometimes. And that's, that's my own fault. But yeah, it was obviously a tough week one for yep. him. And I mentioned that um, there were so many results where I honestly wasn't that surprised. Like I mentioned the Falcons and the Texans. Falcons and the Saints. The Falcons almost winning. Did not surprise me at all. The Texans giving it to the Colts. Did not surprise no, me at all. At all this one surprised me. I and I'm not saying I expected Trey Lance to Patrick Mahomes and throw five touchdowns, but I didn't expect them to to lose the game. And they nope. seemed to be in control till pretty much the very end. And that's then when they lost. Bears it. just picked them apart. Yeah. So frustrating week one for for a ton of teams, but like we say, good thing there are. 18 weeks. Frustri- frustrating now.
1: for our credibility. Frustrating for our credibility, too. But,
0: hey, that's why we do the show. It's fun, and, and and we like to make fun of ourselves when, when things go south. But don't you worry. When we have good takes, we won't let people hear the end of it. So <laughs> oh, it's part oh yeah. of the game. It's part of the game. But I, I don't think there was a team that had a more frustrating week one than the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a a, a team where it's like, yes, there are 17 weeks left, like I just said but how good can you feel about those 17 weeks after what just happened? Because with Dak, they look like a disaster. Then Dak goes out and now, you know, he's going to miss eight weeks and the season seems what over.
1: That that haunts me right there pocket. It, it haunts me to to say that the season was over, but I, it's, it's so frustrating for me because I, it's like I go through a yearly cycle with this. And I, I think I speak for a lot of Cowboys fans and, I really do believe that the problem with the Cowboys is is up in the office. And it's time for the Joneses to put their pride aside. And look, you're not football guys, right? You played college football. You're one of the most successful business families in, in the history of sports. But hire, hire a proper GM. Hire a proper head coach none of this puppet gallery stuff anymore the fans aren't going to take it anymore like this is as a whole i've seen cowboy fans very very upset and this year in general or this time i don't think i've seen a fan base as low as i've seen this cowboys fan base and it's frustrating because the fan base is so big and, and there's so much passion behind it but just a product that they put on the field. It's it's sort of it's it's disgusting because you you lose your Amari Cooper, Leo Collins, Randy Gregory, and you replace him with nobody. And yet they s- stand there and they act like, oh, we paid this guy forty million dollars. He's got to elevate guys. Look, Dak wasn't good at all. He was very bad. But he's throwing a Dennis Houston. Who's Dennis Houston? You cut Amari Cooper for Dennis Houston. He's an undrafted free agent. I've never heard of Dennis Houston. Have you ever heard of Dennis Houston? First time I'm hearing this. He was genuinely the first time I've heard of Dennis Houston was in training camp. Yet, the one thing that really, really pisses me off is the fact that Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, they can just sit in front of a camera or do their radio show, whatever they do on Tuesday, and say the same old crap about, oh, we're trying to put the best product on the field we when they cut Amari Cooper oh this that look sure if you want to make a move you make a move but if you're going to do nothing to back up the move that you've done and and just say the same crap about how you're going to put you're trying to you're, you're you're really trying to win games it's it's obvious the Cowboys don't the I don't know if it's just the season but it feels like it's been a while now I don't really think the Joneses are care about winning football games. I think they just care about the 25 million people that watch on Sunday Night Football, the brand in general making money, sure. But if they really did, I don't know. I don't understand the thought process. Why not hire a GM who hires a head coach? Why not change the culture? They feel like the Raiders. Remember the remember Ra- the Raiders when when Al Davis just sort of used to run the show himself? Yeah. Right? I feel like that's what the Cowboys have become. And as an owner of a team, does it not make sense to let some football guys do it and reap the benefits. Like, would it not, would it not make, I feel like it's, it's, it just comes down to one thing about the Cowboys and it's pride.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like he's, he's been the guy in charge for so long. He's been the guy that, you know, gets all the attention and it's clearly, you know, he's, he's also getting older. Yeah. He manages to draft some pretty good players, but sure. but, But I remember sitting here when we did those free agent live streams and The whole NFL was making big moves. Like the Raiders, the Raiders came up short last year in the playoffs. What did they do? They went out and got Devontae Devontae Adams Adams. and Chandler Jones. Miami fell short of making the playoffs last year by one game. What did they do? They went out and got Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead. What did the Cowboys do? They fell short last year again of winning a playoff game. And Amari Cooper, say what you want. I get it. NFL rosters, it's all about value. If a guy's underperforming his contract, you're probably going to move him off. But like you said, they didn't replace him, and there was a clear drop off in in quality in that roster. And I sort of looked at it going into the going into the season and all off season, like, hey, they got that back Prescott. He's the best quarterback in that division. The gap was so big in the NFC East last year. Yeah, the Eagles, the Commanders, the Giants maybe got a little bit better, but did the gap really close all that much? I don't know. Maybe I was. I was completely wrong with that. I, just felt I, I like- was
1: wrong as well, to be honest. I, I it's just like, I don't understand how. It's a perfect example. Even the 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 Rams, the Super Bowl champion Rams, they went out and they went got Bobby Wagner, yeah, Allen Robinson. They went out and made moves, and I feel like the Cowboys are so stuck with twenty decades ago the thought process that they run their football team with is so so outdated right it's like oh they care about cap space and and saving money the cowboys have 36 million dollars in unused money for the cap space what are you doing with that money right if you weren't going to use it why why did you why did you cut amari cooper amari cooper is better than dennis houston right how do you expect and then they then they go and, and they they make a comment saying Oh, we're paying big money guys to make big plays and, and elevate guys around them. One of the best quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers, how did he look with without Devontae Adams? And that's another poor take by me. I thought he was going to be more efficient. More efficient. He looked lost, right? Yeah. How do you expect a guy that's half the t- skill set in, in, in Dak, and I'm a big Dak guy, but look, Dak's no Aaron Rodgers, right? How do you expect Dak to go elevate guys, let alone if Aaron Rodgers... One of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen can. Right? And and that's the thought process that that goes with the with the Jones family. They genuinely think to themselves that they are putting a winning product on the field. And the fact of the matter is they're not. And now they have this excuse. Now they're gonna go with 0 8 and they're gonna say, oh, their quarterback. My quarterback was hurt. Dak was hurt. Look, the Cowboys are probably <laughs> the Cowboys are gonna be a bottom ten team in the league. I'm telling you right now, I and I predicted this team to win ten or eleven games with Dak. And that's just clinging up to the fact that Dak was going to carry them for 10, 10 games. But they they looked horrible. Their offensive line was horrible. Receiver's horrible. Now they have this glaring excuse. Oh, we're going to have top five pick. But that's because our quarterback got hurt, not because we didn't do anything to make our team better, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the, – that's the, that's the whole thought process. I I just It's so frustrating, and I know I'm not the only person that feels like this, but it's really, really, really annoying that we have to wait – all year, and 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 even last year, it was just all a tease. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, we had everything go for us. We had all this stuff. We had a fantastic offense, but it's just the fact of the matter is, this team won't do nothing until the Jerry jo- Jerry Jones and his and his son and the family in general either one sell the team. What they're not going to do, so hire proper guys. Hire a general manager. Sit back. Reap the benefits of winning Super Bowls. It's a very simple prospect. We're not playing fantasy football here. Me and you can't go there. That's like me and you having a boatload of money and saying, you know what? I can do this myself. Jerry Jones got it. He's a fantastic businessman, football guy. Leave it to the pros, please. Hire a GM and let him run a football team properly. Because clearly, they think they're running either a team in the 90s, which Jimmy Johnson built. We won't even get into that. Jerry Jones fires him, wins the Super Bowl, thinks he can do it all himself. The Cowboys have been irrelevant for 30 years. The only thing that's saving them is their brand. And that's the only thing that the Joneses care about is that brand.
0: Yeah, I think you really said it all. And the big thing for me is like that going out is, is unfortunate as it is. It kind of almost like acts as this little excuse. Now. It is. But the fact is it wasn't. 27-24 for the Bucks or 27-24 for the Cowboys when he got injured. It was already a disaster, and the problems were already there. And now it's like they kind of have this easy out. And what do they do at the quarterback position now? Are they going to run Cooper Rush for the next, you know, eight, nine weeks? I read this morning that they could look into Jimmy Garoppolo. I know I said right away Jerry should pick up the phone. But again, like, it's going to take him a while to learn the system and everything. I don't know. I just, I do think that if... You ride with Cooper Rush, the division is fully out of reach by the time he comes back, 100%. Maybe if you find... Even Teddy Bridgewater, you can call Miami, and I'm sure they'll pick up the phone about Teddy Bridgewater. That could be an option, but at the same time, I don't know. This team without Dak, to me, is probably like the third best team in this division.
1: Third best team. I think, they're, I think without Dak, they're a bottom three team in the league. I wow. genuinely think that. I don't even think that bringing in anyone else is going to change anything. What... What's Jimmy? Gar- we bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. What am I going to watch my team suck with Jimmy Garoppolo for eight weeks? Like I'd rather just, I'd rather just suck. I'd rather just suck with Cooper Rush, right? Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo squeaks out a win against the Commanders or something. Like I'd rather just lose, right? I don't know. It's just ridiculous that that people in like people invest money into watching. It's time. Time is money. Whatever you want, whatever way you want to put it, people invest their lives into watching this football team. Yet the owners, the people that run it. They don't put a winning product on the field, and it's annoying. It's so so annoying. And, it, and what makes it even crazier is that the Eagles, what, like that is how it that the Eagles is how you run an organization. They they look, they made the playoffs last year, and they're not they're not content. They weren't saying, "Oh, we made the playoffs last year. We're just gonna stick with our guys, and our guys are gonna get better." They know they had holes. What did they do? Trade it for AJ Brown. Traded for Gardner Johnson. They were aggressive. That's what you got to do. Like we had, mind you, we had Dak on a rookie contract for four years. (laughs) We had him on a fourth round pick contract. What did we do? We did nothing. We surrounded him with Bryce Butler, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams. Bryce Butler makes YouTube videos. He makes golf YouTube videos right now. That was our receiver one at one point. (laughs) I I swear to God. He was our receiver one at one point. And... We're gonna sit here, and the, the Jones are gonna go. Oh, we pay Dak forty million dollars to elevate, guys. I get it. Look, Dak has to play better, but you guys up there, people that are running the show, that's those are the real people that has to do better. How how do you expect the team to win? Look at everyone. Look at every single team. They're giving the blueprint. The Rams we mentioned already. The the Bucks, Julio Jones. Yeah, the Bucks didn't say, oh, we have enough weapons. The the Bucks didn't go, oh, we have a wide receiver one.
0: We don't need anyone else. It does feel like every team was always looking to improve, except for the Cowboys. Right? It's, it's like they did it
1: to us. And, and, and I guess people, maybe myself, I'm the only one. I don't know. I, I doubt it. But maybe I turned a blind eye to it, and I and I just figured that maybe Dak would just sort of get us out of this and we can take advantage of a, of a poor division. But I really do think that that was just wishful thinking because this division, one, isn't as bad as I thought. Giants look good. Commanders look good. Eagles look very good. And look... Let's face it, Dak is no Mahomes. Dak is no Allen. He, he's not going to go out there and he's not going to make plays with Dennis Houston as his wide receiver three. You got to you got to get the guy another some some help. And and I don't think it's fair to to rely on on a quarterback just that has like Tampa Bay showed the blueprint. Even if Dak didn't get hurt, you know how to beat the Cowboys. They blanketed Ceedee Lamb, blanketed Dalton Schultz. Where else are you going to go? Where else? Right. Edison Houston's not gonna be man to man coverage. <laughs> Noah Brown, I love him. Fantastic fourth receiver, fifth receiver. But come on. What what is he gonna do? Yeah. He's gonna do nothing, right? Adam. It's so, so frustrating. Um that like I, I was so close to shutting off the TV and it was week one. And then Dak got hurt. And I that was the first thing. I wasn't even that's how that's how low the the point has gotten as a cowboy fan that when Dak got hurt. The, my immediate reaction was these Joneses now have an excuse for putting out a junior level football roster. Now they're just going to sit in there. Oh, the reason why we're 0 8 is because Dak got hurt in week one. No, it's not because Dak got hurt in week one. It's because you're putting out Dennis Houston. You caught Amari Cooper. Your, your, your Lael Collins replacement had three false star penalties. Three. Right? Tyron Smith, love him. Huge injury risk. Nothing there. Nothing there. You're lucky that you that you felt Tyler, Tyler Smith, who actually played very good. Connor McGovern gets hurt. No depth behind him. It's just it's just ridiculous. And the Cowboys will win some games. I guarantee you they will because of the fact they have Micah Parsons. But it's just it's a very low point for for Cowboys fans. And I really do feel a lot of you out there. And, and it's super frustrating. I don't know if Pac probably thinks I'm a crazy guy, man, wild, but oh yeah, definitely. Nobody, nobody knows, nobody really knows how how much it sucks to um, sort of do this every single year. But hey, eh, we move on, I guess.
0: I do remind you, it is only week one, but you know, you're how you're feeling. I, like I understand, it's very, very frustrating. And out of all the things, week one, like my biggest thing is everyone is so reactionary when it comes to the first week of the season. We're so excited to see our team, we have all these predictions in the preseason, we just expect every team that's good and every player that's good to perform well and to win, and that's never the case. That doesn't happen in any week of the NFL. So then, for whatever reason, just because it's the first week, it's the only thing we've seen, we react and we come jump to these crazy conclusions that just aren't true. happens every year week one. My thing is you have to point out what's real and what's not real. The Cowboys, to me, I'm genuinely concerned about. I think what we saw week one could be something that repeats throughout the season. But other teams, not so much. I'm not fooled. So we're going to do two. um, We're going to talk about our overreactions. What we should be concerned about. Which teams we should push the panic button already. Which teams we shouldn't. We'll do two each. Um, Do you want to start off? Yeah, sure. With your panic teams.
1: I, um, so... So panic teams. I I actually have written here as what is an overreaction and what isn't an overreaction. Okay. But if you want to do that, no no, you want to no change no. that. Well, I think whatever whatever you have. Okay okay sure. I I think um one what I'm gonna push the pan, I'm gonna push a button and say relax is um the Steelers making the playoffs. I saw a lot of people um that were throwing that out there. Um I don't know I don't know if we watched <laughs> I don't know if we watched a different game
0: but. I'm pretty sure the Bengals turned the ball over five times. Yep. And... Also missed a 29-yard field goal to win the game in overtime. Yep. Right? And they also missed an extra point. Yep. So... Like, they know. needed all that. Five turnovers and the Bengals still had a chance in the end. Mitch Trubisky, not even 200 yards passing. Like, I, don't, I, I just don't know that how that
1: people can watch the game and say, like, oh, this is going make the
0: playoffs. Like, their defense is phenomenal. Yeah, sure. And, and the defense will play them in games, but how they won is just not sustainable at all. You're you not don't. gonna get five turnovers every week. No, you're not. No. So, and if
1: they didn't, they probably lose that game by maybe two two scores,
0: right? I like that one. They were, I actually had them as an honorable mention for a team that I would like quote unquote panic with, but it's it's hard to say that after a one and yeah, a win, yeah, but yeah. I just I truly believe that they're they're non sustainable. Um, a team that I would say it's not an overreaction to you know like Not push the panic button, but it's not an overreaction of what we saw in week one. That could be true. Um, I have the Broncos and of course your Cowboys. And I'm not going to get into the Cowboys just because we spent a whole lot of time on them. But the Broncos, I was genuinely concerned about what I I watched last night just because of how disorganized they were. And maybe that's something that can, you know, you hope that it gets better as, as the season goes on. But that's definitely something that will need to be touched up on. And if it's not, if that continues, that AFC West is is not a forgiving division. They're already chasing. It's week one. They're already chasing that division. The Chiefs and the Chargers, 1-0, and the Broncos just lost probably one of their easiest games all season. Yep. So that's, that's genuinely concerning to me.
1: I, I love how you use the disorganized term. I literally had that in my brain. That was a perfect, perfect way to describe Denver last night. It was like... Couldn't you couldn't have nailed that? That was a perfect, perfect way to describe Denver, and I I would be pretty concerned too. Like you mentioned, you hit on everything you just said there. They got to play from behind now in the division. They got to catch up. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, who Justin Herbert like legit might be maybe the second best quarterback in the league. Um, that's why that's the biggest concern. You cannot let yourself fall too far back because you have to play catch up. It's the same problem with Denver that I have with the Raiders. Um, but I I think you nailed that. I I, I agree. And but. I'm gonna go into what isn't an overreaction as well. A team that I think is super, super legit, and I had a feeling they would be legit, but I had to see it first time, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. I really, really, really do uh, believe that the Vikings are cooking something up there. Um, man, Kevin O'Connell, look, everyone knew Jefferson was fantastic, but like he is next level, yeah. right? Like he is unstoppable, right? and um just this team in general davin cook a stud kirk cousins is going to look like like matthew stafford in that, in this new system right mm-hmm. he, he is it's the fact yeah, it's just the team. fact he's going to have a fantastic season the defense is good they're f- so well coached look they just i get it week 1 at home it was already a poor matchup for rogers and the pa- packers but that's going to be the the division that's going to be the division rival right there right like it's going to be them and the packers and the fact that they just Made a statement like that and just beat the brakes off them. Uh, oh, I was like, wow, this Vikings team is super, super, super legit. Um, I would go as far as to say that they're sort of in my contending teams, and I really do think that it, they're one of the teams that I could genuinely see make it out of the NFC. Um, just because I still don't know how to read the conference, it still seems it like a little like. I don't want to say wide open because there's maybe five, six teams that could sort of get out of it. But I think the Vikings are one of those teams.
0: Especially with what we saw from, from the top team. I'm sort of piggybacking off of that one with, with my quote-unquote um, don't panic teams. Um, and yeah, the Vikings looked amazing. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when I say R-E-L-A-X. Relax. It's week one. We do not need to panic on yes. Green Bay yet. No, no. We all remember yeah. what happened last year. Week oh. one against the Saints was a disaster. Sure. And Aaron Rodgers went on to win his second straight MVP. He still has it. If Christian Watson catches a wide open sixty yard touchdown to start the game, maybe it's a different game. Yeah. Obviously it's tough to play that um sort of scenario game. But hey, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed up yet. Obviously last year and the year before that he had DeVonte Adams. This is a new hurdle in his career. I think he'll get by. I don't think what we saw week 1 is going to happen every week. I'm sorry. This is not something I'm going to overreact on and I think um I think the Packers still have a shot at the playoffs. I think they still have a shot at the, at the division.
1: Oh, I, I, it's you'd be you'd yeah. be dumb to to counter Rodgers out at the if that's the fact. is and it? Give him some time to to get used exactly. to these to these younger receivers, right? Um and I mean, they're very well coached. They got a good run game. Their offensive line is very good. Um, there's no Cowboys situation. I know I threw, out the co- the, I threw out the comparison before just how Aaron Rodgers looked lost with, with his receivers, but that's just the fact. The fact of the matter is, there's still more around Aaron Rodgers to succeed. They have a great O line, great head coach. Defense is very good. And the receivers aren't even that poor, right? And when your guy like Aaron Rodgers you can elevate guys like that, um, you can make it work just schematically. They got brains behind the operations there. But I don't know. I I, I don't think you I think it would be pretty dumb to, to say like, oh, the, that's the Packers are done. Right. Like I just mentioned, the Vikings and the Packers are going to be battling at this division. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, but I think the Vikings deserve some respect and to, to be on that upper echelon of, of NFC teams. I really do think that they're um, one of those teams that are going to really burst out to the scene this year. Uh, I'm very, very high in the
0: Vikings. And last but not least, I'm going to say the 49ers aren't done yet. Trey Lance is not done yet. Don't write this kid off. I'm, I'm going to double down on my take. I still think he's going to have a great season, and I think we'll all laugh about this Week One mud game sometime soon. I'll leave it. I, out there.
1: I think that I think that's a good take, right? He's got all the tools, and the team is he's set up to succeed. Like he's in a perfect situation, so it's only a matter of time.
0: The, the Elijah Mitchell news hurts them a little bit, and obviously not having George Kittle on First Sunday team tough? too, but. Uh, Hey, Jeff Wilson on, on the waiver wire this week. Everyone's going to be after uh, him. So Put all my points on that guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap up the show today, not to, again, overreact, but week one, we got to see all 32 play. Which team impressed you the most? I'm going to go and say your Lions. Wow.
1: I, I did not think the Lions were going to be I thought they were still around four or five win team, but I don't know, man. I they got some they got some players cooking down there in, in most city over there. Um, Dan Campbell and 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 Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift. I don't know if this is a hot take, but he might be the best running back in the league.
0: Well, From was, a skill set. Yeah, I, I spoke to a uh, friend of the show, Thomas Colburn. A uh, resident, of show, resident face fan. of the show. Resident Lions fan, Thomas Colburn. Just uh, picking his brain about the game. You know, how'd you guys... Because at one point, it looked like it was out of reach, and then they stormed back yeah, to only lose by right three back. points. Very similar to what they did last year, week one, against the 49ers. So I asked him, you know, how'd, how'd you guys do it? How'd the game go? And he said that the Lions' offensive line is just unfair. And I believe him, because how they built it and, you know, Panay Sewell, Frank now um, Taylor Decker, like, they have so, so many good players. And he said that that O-line, like, anyone could run behind it. And Swift is not just anyone. He's a machine and he has so much skill. Jamal Williams had a great game. Yeah, the team did. is set up where Jared Goff really doesn't have to do all that no, much. And nothing. they have some good weapons as well. So, I like the Lions this year and I like how you picked my Lions as, is, is one of the most 16 touches.
1: Teams. He, had, he averaged 9.6 yards of carry. Yeah, he's a machine Swift.
0: And that's that O line. They're, they're moving bodies and they played against a very, very good front four in, in Philadelphia, like yeah. Fletcher Cox, you know, Brandon Graham coming off, coming off the edge. So if I'm a Lions fan, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. I'm optimistic with, with how, with how oh, game 100%. one went and you're looking forward to the rest of the season. I, I went in a totally different direction than you. I, and this is boring, but I watched Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. 4 o'clock spot. Um, And obviously, like I said, I I watched Miami in in the 1 o'clock, and I I thought Tua played a pretty decent game, made some good throws, made some bad throws, a lot to improve on, a lot to look forward to. Um, And then I watched Patrick Mahomes, and I was just like, this guy is unbelievable. He's so talented. Oh, yeah. He's He's on his own tier. He's heard the noise this year, and he's out on a mission to prove everyone that he's the guy, he's the best quarterback in the league. Because... The narrative on Mahomes, yes, everyone still thinks he's great, but after his first season, it was like, this guy's going to wreck this league, and no one is ever going to come remotely close to to what he's capable of. And now, uh, a man by the name of Josh Allen has come in. There's a lot of hype. Everyone on this planet seems to think the Bills are going to walk away with the Super Bowl this year. I bet you Patrick Mahomes has something to say about that, and he was so impressive in week one.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he's just shaping up for a massive, massive year. Uh, Just the that he was making and and i'm a I, hey, I sat here and picked patrick mahomes to win the mvp right because i i've had a feeling i'm like look people are patrick mahomes like it's patrick mahomes right got rid of tyree kill why do you need to pay tyree kill 45 million when you have kelsey mahomes andy reed that's all you need right you don't need another guy to pay 40 million just beef up the defense beef up the offensive line and reap the benefits but I loved what I saw from the cheese. Loved, loved, loved. And I think those are two good teams. Look, they're on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. We got one team that's Super broken down there and pox lions, my lions, but that's it. Hey, I, I, I like those picks and they're justifiable in both ways, but man, that was a crazy week. One, a crazy, crazy, crazy week one. And we, obviously if you've made it this far, we appreciate it. Like subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Um, Pushes these videos out there. We're really going to try and, um, hype up some more YouTube stuff. I might go to Dallas with a sell the, sell the shirt, (laughs) uh, sell the team shirt and, and film some, some people down there and, and maybe make a YouTube video out of that. But hey, if you want to see that, let me know. I'm more than happy to do it. Tickets are cheap. 34 bucks for this week.
0: Yeah, $34. No one wants to watch uh, Cooper Rush.
1: Jerry Jones, welcome to Irrelevancy, buddy.
0: I think you guys beat the Bengals this week. That's going to be my bold prediction. Wow, okay, I'm not going to say that. It's the end of the episode. Not that many people are listening (laughs) anyway, so I can say whatever I want right now. (laughs) We're Uh going
1: to put that on the billboard right now. Cowboys lose 54 (laughs) to 3. All
0: right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, a lot of fun today. Football's back, and we'll see you next week. See you,
1: guys.